welcome into What the Music. Uh, we just heard the song Gimme Gimme Good Lovin', which is a cover. Uh, and we will be speaking with uh, the band that did the cover, the New Bardos. If you're not familiar with this band, uh, I did play them on a compilation show that I did a few weeks ago. And I was able to kind of line up. Uh, the band and for more information make sure to log on to uh, their website thenewbardos.com and they are on facebook facebook.com slash thenewbardos and through the magic of technology we are now connected uh, i am here with wayne uh, the lead vocal in the new bardos and uh, I, I just found out that you play harmonica as well i i do well i consider myself uh, i played the harmonica i'm not really a harmonica player so okay. <laughs> I'm not a virtuoso, but I can whip out a few, you know, a few good lines. But I, I wouldn't consider myself a harp player, but I play the harp. <laughs> you know what's weird is I got that connotation that you have like like a John Popper thing happening with with bandoleros and stuff like that. Harmonicas, you gotta have a different key for each song you're doing. We don't play a lot of harp, but I have maybe like six or seven harps, and I keep them in like a little uh, carrying case. I just put them on stage, you know, next to the mic stand. I don't, I don't wear the the popper thing. I wish I was as good as him. He freaks me out. But yeah, no, I never really. That's the reason why I think I sing is because it was so much easier. Because I'm so such a lazy guy. I don't have to. I don't have to practice. You know too much so the harp i is probably practice more on that instrument than any other instrument but uh that's why i'm singing and not playing so you started a podcast yeah yeah i got a podcast uh it's called wayno's podcast i don't do it with my mask on though <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh that's it's uh, available on spotify and itunes and all over the place usually every monday i put it out i just started doing it about five weeks ago i do like a lot of movie reviews and uh, I, I've been around for a while, so I, I, I know a lot of music guys. I just interviewed Mike Scavone. He's the lead singer. He used to, was the lead singer for Ram Jam. Whoa, Black Betty, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And also, uh, he's into Yardbirds. So I just got done doing an interview with him. And uh, I'm going to be interviewing Joe Sersano from trans Orchestra next week. So, yeah, I just, I dabble. Yeah. Like, not, I just was trying it because I was getting really bored with this lockdown crap, you know? <laughs> it's like, I do something. So, I, I, I do a little bit of everything. I'll watch movies and I'll review them. I'll you know, make some comments here and there. You know, and, you know the political bringing. That's all. That's nuts with the political. Right. <laughs> I'm a music show, so I try not to get very political or anything. You know, it's all about the music and, uh, you know, go forward from there. I find uh, once you get political, not that it's bad to get political, but you tend to uh, really alienate a lot of people. And when that happens, you know, I'm here to help artists and, um, you know, my not my fear, but my, I guess my, you know, I don't know where I'm looking for, but I, you know, I just want to expose them to music, not to political beliefs. If they research you guys or whoever artist and they get into their political, that's on you guys, <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. on me. So yeah, that's, that's, that's very wise of you because, um, you know, with, with what's going on today, uh, as a musician, as having product out there, so to speak. And, and I was telling this to a, a, a good friend of mine who's pretty popular, um, and he is very outspoken in, in one direction of the political cycle. And I just said, dude, you got to remember, like, half the people are are for what you're saying, but the other half aren't. And you're, you're cutting your, your musical people. You're going you're gonna to make them, like, have a bad taste in their mouth. So, they, like you said, just 
shut up and play music, really. You know? <laughs> are, are you guys uh, political uh, on stage? Not at all. Zero. Nope. We keep totally about it. I mean, we have the, the band is pretty much divided. Uh, uh, three against two. <laughs> but we get along great. I mean, we don't, we kind of joke about it. You know, it's like, it's a whole, the only, it's gotten so crazy that you almost have to laugh because it's so like sad and like just scary, you know? Yeah. So we just laugh about it. Yes, you got to be careful. But I, I'm with you, man. Just play the music and make people. I'm, we, I, we wrote a song called um, We're In This Together. And that was a song that I released as my own a solo project because um, my daughter is a nurse. And right when all this COVID crap hit, yeah. I was like, I was scared for her because she was down in Tennessee in a hospital working. And I, I, I felt like I had to do something. So I got a hold of Gar, a guitar player, and he gave me some music. And we wrote the song, uh, you know, We're In This Together. And it, it came out really good. And we put it out. It's, it's, it's out there on YouTube as a single and stuff. But uh uh, that's that's not even political, but that's one thing that we did. And I also did a song called "Hold On America," which is uh, came out a couple weeks ago on a solo project, uh, which is a uh, an old tune that I wrote in the '80s, believe it or not. But we changed the words around and we remastered re, uh, it. And it, it's really wasn't a political per se. "Hold On America" was kind of like just like saying stop all the violence everybody let's all love each other like they all like dylan like all the yeah. back in the day you were trying to protest the war that's what it was i was trying to say hold on america is basically like come on man let's all just get together cops left right middle cops black white blue green purple you know let's all just love each other yeah that's a great message uh for everybody and and speaking of which um your new, I, I want to say EP, uh, which is out now, which is uh, already been chewed, A Return to Bubblegum. Um, you kind of did take that approach of going back and uh, remaking some uh, classic hits uh, from there. You made three out of the, there, there's six. And, and I know you made three, and then there was just another uh, song that was a, um, I, I guess, a cover. And um, my, my question yeah, but my question is, is how do you, you know, go back to that time and freshen up these songs, give them a modern era, but still kind of stay true to that song? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Uh, the guitar, Gar Francis, our guitar player, he, he came up with the, the idea. Because we were just, after the first album, we're like, okay, we're going to do next another album. He said, you know what I always wanted to do? He's like, I always want to do, because I guess when he was little, he loved the bubblegum stuff. Because I always want to do a remake of some bubblegum songs. And, and, and we all just looked at each other and I go, really? And then, I don't know why, but the first thing that came to my mind was stepping on a piece of bubblegum with your sneaker yeah. and trying to lift it up. So I said, yeah, that'd be a cool cover. Just like, I think the covers came, like, popped out of me the first thing. And then we all agreed. Then we started, we have an Alexa in our uh, rehearsal studio. So we just started saying, Alexa, play this song, play that song. And then we we heard a couple of tunes. Like, oh, yeah, that's really good. And we had a list of about 15 of them. And we kind of just, you know, we kind of went over them at that rehearsal. And then we kind of picked a couple. And then Gar wrote uh, the, the music to um, Wake Up and Smell the Coffee and uh, Sweet, Sweet, Sweetest Honey, which is really closer to the bubble stuff. And we said, oh, okay, let's do it. Let's just first we're not swearing on this, right? No, you can do whatever you want. It's a free. Uh, like shits and giggles. Yeah. They said, let's for shits and giggles. Let's let's just do it. So, um, luckily for us, uh, one of our members owns a recording studio, so that's always easy to, to like. It's not like we have to 
you know, take a lot of time and effort to get into the studio because Dan Sky is Sky, uh, Sky, Skylab's recording studios over in Princeton. So uh, he said, yeah, man, come on. So we just kind of did it on a whim, you know. And uh, as soon as we got done with it and got it released, then all of a sudden COVID hit. So we got stuck there for a while. And that's where we're at now. Yeah, I heard uh, Sweetest Honey, and I really enjoyed that bubblegum sound. And I was like, oh, man. And then I, then when I you know dove into your uh, EP, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Are you guys going to continue with that bubblegum sound? I mean, it's super classic. And I, I know it's it's a very kind of like non-threatening type of music. But uh, <laughs> but I love it. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it is what it is, and uh, it, it puts a smile on my face. Yeah, thank you. I, it, it does. It's fun to play, too. It really is. It's, you know. Uh, to answer your question, probably not. I mean, we might throw one in now and again, but because right now we're rec- we're just uh, because of the uh, lockdown, just got re- unrestricted, so we're back rehearsing. Um, and, and well, believe it or not, right now, like this week and this coming Thursday, we're working on a Christmas song. We're getting into that type of uh, of, of genre, you know, Christmas yeah, thing once and every now and then. All right, I'm I'll look forward to that. And then, and then probably we have one, two, I think we have three songs already written um, that we're going to use on the next EP slash and or LP, and it's pretty much straight ahead rock stuff still. But um, you never know. We might throw another bubble gum in there. You know, it, it, it is fun to play, and people seem to like it. So. Yeah, I totally gravitated to it. That's why I had to uh, have you guys on and kind well, of... I'll, 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 I'll keep you in mind. Please do. Show it on the next record for you. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Be like, this one's for for Turtle. (laughs) You know? Turtle, okay. That's okay. (laughs) By the way, it's Albert, right? Is it Albert? Yes, yes. But my on air, my on air, you know, uh, name is Turtle. Um, Okay, Turtle. And the glasses, too. Yeah. (laughs) Hence the glasses and enter. Hence the men. Yeah. And enter the shell.com, you know what I mean? Uh, my website. Oh, that's it. Okay, now I get it. Now I get it. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, Turtle, no problem. No worries. It's cool. It's cool. But it's it's funny because I've been Turtle for a very long time, but my, you know, producing name, my everything else is, you know, my regular name, Albert. And so uh, there's a lot of confusion that happens a lot of the times. And um, it's it's weird because, I mean, we're we're both the same person. It's just... Uh, one is a little bit more, uh, you know, of a hyper extension of me, where the producer is a little bit more of a more serious, more, you know, um, you know, like I got to get everything done. Where, you know, me, the turtle, is more off the cuff and you know, yeah. uh, not as planned. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, you would I, say. I, I get you. I'm the same way. I have uh, split personality, so to speak. You know, it's like I run the, I try to run the band as best I can, and uh, I just, I actually just emceed a comedy night outside. It was a COVID, you know, spaced out comedy show, and I emceed it. It was one of my first attempts at, like, comedy, and let me tell you, man, that is not easy. <laughs> it's like, I thought for sure it was going to be like, people were going to be cracking up laughing, and I, tell, I told my joke that I, I, I wrote, and then all of a sudden, crickets, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. I'm in big trouble now. So I, right away, I just introduced the first comic and went on. But uh, yeah, I do a little bit of everything, you know. Um, music is my first love. I do a little bit, a lot of acting though. This past year, I did a lot of, a lot of. Um, um, since we live so close to New York, we're in New Jersey. There's like 47 uh, 
TV shows that are being produced or were being produced before before the virus. And I was working a couple days a week just doing background extra stuff. And every once in a while, I get into an independent movie, have a line or two. And I actually got cast as a uh, starring role in, in an upcoming independent movie, but that's been on hold because of the virus too. So I've been I'm really really getting into the acting thing too. Cool. You know, I'm like you. I'm, I'm like all. I'm like you know, my part of me is the heavy duty, like business guy. Got to get it together. And then this kind of stuff, I, I I dig this. This is fun. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, you have to have uh, somewhat of a healthy balance of both. People are either like sometimes one or the other, and um, you just gotta really balance it out. Just uh, I, I I guess for your soul uh, when you do yeah. stuff like that. Um, you know, it's weird because I've done comedy. I've done stand up. Um, obviously I'm not doing it now. Uh, I do know that it is a very different aspect, uh, that everybody thinks everyone, you know, kind of, I'm not saying, you know, you're very, um, like you think you're going to kill, you know what I mean? Like you're like, Oh, I'm going to, but what you have to realize is that what the, the jokes that you have, and this is, and it took me a while to figure this out. All my all the jokes that I have are great for people that know me. If they don't know you, then then those jokes don't work. So um, you know, in my um, in my act, there's a, like two or three minutes of me just, and, and I'm trying to make this funny, but me just like trying to get them to realize who I am, and then things would start to work. So you have to kind of build a real quick relationship, and it's very hard. You have to do it in like three minutes. You have to build trust. You have to build a background uh, into your psyche, into who you are, so people can then start to uh, click, you know, when you start saying things, you know, and then those callbacks, those callbacks are, are, are key in establishing uh, kind of who you are as a comedian. And, of course, I don't do it professionally, you know. I just like to go out and and uh, it keeps it keeps my wit. Um, you know, and it keeps me sharp. So, uh, those, th I mean, this isn't advice. This is just one of my percept, uh, one of the things that I've observed, uh, when I go and I, and I do stuff like that. But, uh, that thing that you emceed, it was for animal shelter. I, I did yeah, see that. Yeah, it was, um, I, I'm actually on the board, of, uh, on the board for the Plainfield Humane Society. I, friend of mine was on the board and she's like i gotta call on the board so uh, you know the, the buildings need need repair and i'm an animal lover and uh so i said okay and then they were doing they said we're trying to find a way to raise money i said well what about a comedy show like, oh that's a good idea so i ended up getting sucked into the into that <laughs> but it wasn't so bad you know and um we got the pa guy my my friend dan from the recording sheet you know came down put the pa up and we sold tickets, and we ended up making a couple thousand dollars uh, after expenses, so it was pretty cool. And my friend Gary Delena, who was the comic, uh, he was out of work because of COVID. Uh, he was a he was a um, cruise ship comic, still is. Oh wow! And he, he that's his his he hasn't worked since May, you know. So he was like, "Yeah, man, I'll do it." You know, we'll, you know, we pay him, you know. So and another guy, and they were funny. And, you know, the PG. It was a lot of older people there because yeah. it was like a older deal, you know, but. It was fun, like you said, but it's it's tough, man. Turtle, man, you're right. It, I, I was out there thinking in my head. I was the night before. I'm laughing, like, blah blah blah. And yeah, I did the, the jokes about you know the difference between a cat and a dog. You know, 
Like, you know, you're walking your dog and you fall into a well and you're like, Lassie, Lassie, go get help. And Lassie, okay, go, no, I'll save you, I'll save you, no problem, I'll save you, I'll save you. And I'm running around like an idiot. Then I, then I turn around and put like a cat thing on. And this is what a cat would do if you fell in the well. I said, Fluffy, go get help. The cat would be like circling around the, the well looking at you going, does this mean I'm not going to get dinner? You know? <laughs> yeah. Cats, cats are different, but it, it didn't go over well, but... <laughs> I was trying to do an animal-themed joke, you yeah. know? Yeah, <laughs> no, your heart was in the right place. I get it. Yeah, yeah. my friend Gary said, it ain't as easy as you thought, was it? I go, no, no. I said, let, let, let's bring on the real comedian. <laughs> so, but, it ain't easy. That joke has potential, though. That joke has a lot of potential. You know, you have a, yeah. a good um, a, a good base to go from there, you know? It's all about the, the, the telling of the story of that yeah. you know you're like i had one friend you know that had a dog and you know this is like old yeller or not or not or, or what, what's that lassie. Uh, lassie. lassie it's lassie yeah. and lassie you know came in and you know lassie did everything you know rappelled down and picked me up because that's <laughs> what lassie would do you know and then um and then my other cat you know was like garfield where it was just like he ordered a pizza and just watched me you know what <laughs> i mean down there and yeah. Let's see that I should have called you first. Yeah, <laughs> Do it anytime, anytime. It's it's all it's all about bouncing ideas off. Do you guys bounce a lot of ideas off in the studio, or is it pretty much set where it's like, okay, let's just do it like this, and then you guys are kind of all on the same page? The whole band started with uh, me and Gar go back the guitar player. We go back probably to high school, so we're going back like twenty five, thirty years, you know, and. Uh, Gar did his own thing. I did my thing. We were in advance together. And, da, 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 da. and uh, about two years ago, a little over two years ago, I guess, he said, "Hey, man, let's let's start a, a rock band, just like back to rock and roll. Just like forget all this." I mean, there's one thing about Gar, uh, guitar wise, and you're a music guy. You would you would understand this. Uh, a lot of these new younger guitar players and most guitar players I see they they bring it, they bring their guitar, then they bring a truckload of like boxes and switch. <laughs> To like put them all together and they're clicking the things down here and everything's humming and click this and click that and this wah wah and that goes back here you know here's what Gar does he gets his he gets his thing and plugs it into the amp that's it I mean straight rock no bullshit no no nothing maybe a wah wah pedal is as far as he'll go which we we used on this particular EP um, but it's just straight rock so basically what we do is we come to a rehearsal. Gar would, uh, nine times out of, 99 times out of 100, Gar will say, hey, I got an idea. And he'll just start playing. Next thing you know, the drummer will come in, or he might even say to the drummer, you know what kind of beat I want? I want, like, uh, and he'll, like, mention a song. You know, like, uh, Tom Petty, American Girl beat. You know, and we'll, we'll start the beat, Johnny will get the beat, and then, and then Dan, bass player, just kind of kick in. And then I'll just start humming anything that comes to mind, unless Gar might say, hey, I had an idea for a song and the melody's like this, or he'll say, this is the chorus, but I don't have a melody. So 99 times out of 100, Gar will come down with an idea, and then we'll just all join in, and then I'll record it on my iPhone, then, then and I'll send it to everybody. So the following week, I'll have the words written, I'll have, new, I'll have the melodies written, and the guys will have it down. So the following week, if it's a good song, sometimes it doesn't make the cut. Like, we'll start it. You know, and then we'll finish it, and then we'll just forget about it. And that's how we write. Cool, pretty much. Now, do you um, do you take that aspect of okay, 
it it didn't work out, but let's shelve it for you know maybe maybe that song is ahead of its time or something like that, and you know come back to it maybe a year or two later. I'm pretty sure you're not that process yet because you guys are fairly new. So um, have you thought about that aspect of everything? Yeah. But- what happens is this. I mean, if I get to my phone, or bring it, I probably, on my, on, my, on my memos, I probably have, I'm not even exaggerating, 35 to 40 songs that I recorded at rehearsal that we started. And actually, a couple of them I actually wrote the lyrics to and did it. And for some reason, it's almost like a zen reason. It's not like we say, ah, that's, that song sucks, let's go on to another one. It's just, it's weird. It's like, uh, it just doesn't make it back into the fold for the next rehearsal. You know what I mean? Like either, but if if it's a really good song, the drummer might say, "Hey man, let's try that song again." You know, or our drummer say, "Let's work on that song," or I'll say, "Let's work on that song." But if it doesn't quite make the cut, it's there's never a ah, that's no good. But it's always a invisible kind of vibe that it just never makes the next rehearsal, and it kind of sits in the memo thing. And it's happened a couple times where. We were like, hey, man, remember that one tune that we did a while back? And he goes, yeah, I got it right here. And we played it. And then, boom, it became a song again. Wow. It's it, it's really cool how that happens. It, it, I don't know whether it's because we've just worked together so long uh, over the years. Because uh, Dan, the bass player, was my bass player back in the 80s. Um, John, the drummer, I played with John in a copy band a couple years uh, for a long time. And me and Garbin on and off for, like I said, 30 years. So it, it's really a cool vibe. The band has a great vibe. Hey, yeah. you know what, man? I'm going to get itchy. I'm going to take my mask off only because it's you. Hang on. It's getting a little itchy in here. So don't don't get scared. If, if, like, this is why we wear the mask so we don't scare little children. You know? It's so ugly. But yeah. Gonna... <laughs> no worries. That's why I wear glasses, not masks and stuff, you know? <laughs> and and uh, on that note, um, I well, – when I because there we go. Of, yeah because of this COVID I I do a lot of uh, I wear gaiters you know what I mean I don't do the I don't do the normal masks I like the gaiters those uh, fit really well and they don't really hurt my ears or anything like that so uh, I get you but what what is the backstory with the mask uh, that you guys wear when Gar first said let's put a band together and let's just do rock and roll I'll be straight up with you. Um, I've always wanted to, I, I'm, I'm a showman, like I'm more of a theatrical guy, like if I had my drithers over the years, I mean, I was, I was like the first guy back in high school to like, you know, light a, a pour some gunpowder into a thing and, and it blow up, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was always into lighting, I was always into the theatrics of the show. When you see a, a new Bordeaux show, you don't, you don't just see the band on stage, you see a really nice light show. My brother... Uh, my older brother was a lighting guy for Aerosmith and, uh, um, what's the guy with the guy, Ian Hunter and all these other rock guys. So he was like, I was always into the light things and, uh, I've always knew light guys and I like, I like the smoke and I like the effects. So you'll always see a great show with us. So when I was trying to think of something different for this band, when he come out, and I just, I was walking into the, in the party store and I saw all these different colored masks like hanging on the wall, you know? And I'm like, whoa, yeah, cool. So I just bought a bunch of them. And the very first rehearsal, I said, hey, what do you guys think about wearing masks on stage? And they were like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like they all just put them on. Yeah. And then it's funny because I, I took a, we just all put them on from the bag and I took a picture. So our first picture of the band was like immediately after we put the masks on. And that's pretty cool. And it kind of worked. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. 
my daughter, who's early twenties now, um, she said to me, Dad, that that mask idea is a great idea. I said, Why is that? She said, Because they can't tell how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> I went, Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! You're right. <laughs> yeah. So we, the problem is, it, they, the masks usually we we do all our videos in the mask, so you won't see us in the video without a mask on. But live-wise, we'll, we'll wear the mask for the first couple tunes. We might take them off. We might not. depends. But usually we take them off and, and just go forward. But you won't you won't see us in the video when it the mask's on. Gotcha. Gotcha. And just uh, had to uh, bring that up because you were wearing one. And, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know. I'm, I'm, you know, people watching this video that are going to be, you know, like, what's this going yeah. to so, Yeah, just had to yeah. do that. But um, lastly... Uh, I, I know that you guys are back to save rock and roll, but does rock and roll need saving? <laughs> you know, like uh, it, it's one of those weird things that I, that I see bands talk about, but I'm like, it's still alive and thriving in, in my head. Uh, what, what's your perception of rock and roll right now? I think the problem in my head about rock and roll is when I was – 16, 15, 14, 13, getting in my first band. I mean, if you opened up a Billboard magazine and you looked at the top 40, you, you would see Aerosmith, ACDC, Zeppelin, some old Zeppelin stuff. You know, it, it was all rock. I mean, Queen, you know, it, it, there was some other stuff thrown in there, but it was mostly rock. I mean, I can remember in my bands we were playing top 40, but we were playing like rock so to me you open a billboard up now and for those of you who don't know billboard magazine is kind of like the industry i guess still right yeah turtle i don't know what it is yeah so you open it up now and it's like uh, who are these people <laughs> <laughs> you know beyonce and whatever you know once in a while you get a kid rock in there you know but it's like i'll read down the, the whole hundred top 100 and go like what so to me in that aspect of the whole overall culture of our music today in America, yes, rock is not dead, but it's definitely not where it used to be, you know. And and I would love to see a couple of real straight-ahead rock songs make that top 40 again, you know. And, and I think that's more or less where we're coming from. It's, it's not dead, but we really don't want to see it die either. You know, and, and 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 maybe you would know much more than I do because you probably follow it more. There's probably more of a niche of rock out there, and there's a lot of guys like you that are like, first of all, man, hats off to you because I love I love what you're doing, um, and it and, and it keeps it keeps rock alive too, and that's that's what I want. That's what we want. Cool. Thank you so much. Uh, the album, the EP is out now. Go ahead and get it. Uh, it is already been chewed. A return to bubblegum. Uh, let me give out some links. Uh, the new bardos.com. And then, of course, they are on Facebook uh, at the new bardos. My guest has been uh, Wayne from the band. And uh, again, thank you so much. Lastly, I think you're the perfect person to talk about this. I haven't talked about this with anybody. Uh, no pressure. But uh, Eddie Van Halen, you know, um, he has passed away. Uh, he is now in the great uh, gig in the sky, and uh, I just wanted to get uh, your thoughts, your reactions uh, to that. It's real sad, man. It's very sad. I mean, Eddie Van Halen, to me, as a kid, you know, or as a teenager, whatever, he was he was a rock guy. He was a guitar. He, to me, and I, I could be wrong, but he almost invented the shred. 
I mean, he was one of the first shredders. I mean, if, if you peep out, the guitar players know what I'm talking about, you know. It's like when I saw him play that, you know, when he started playing lead guitar, uh, it blew my mind. And just, he was just, like, amazing. And so to lose a guy like Eddie is just, it's so sad, but it, it gives you a sense of mortality where you're like, uh-oh, you know. And, and how fast time flies by. It's like you blink and the time goes by, man. And to see pictures of Eddie, like, smiling that with his long hair, and then you see him, like, you know, as an older dude with short hair and a beard. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? You know? <laughs> but, yeah, he will he will be missed but never forgotten, you know? And, and, and he, uh, to me, he is uh, the, the ultimate, uh, you know, lead guitar player of, of his time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Again, I was, I was just waiting for, and I'm not saying, you know, the people that I interview are not the right people, but there's sometimes where I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to wait on this, uh, for somebody that really just understands things and really gets it, not taking away from all the other interviews and stuff that I've done, uh, previously before that. But, uh, I just felt that, you know, I know you'd been in a lot of bands and you would kind of, you know, be more, uh, in tune of just kind of what a what it takes first and foremost to be in one band for a long time you know oh, yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. that that is an astonishment uh you know for anybody because a lot of bands have been in different bands or you know that they're, they're still trying to figure it out but once you figure it out you get that right core that right um you know balance Everything works out. Granted, you know, Eddie Van Halen uh, and Van Halen did go through a few different frontmen, but it always worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, was... but he had to put up with his brother the whole time, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> Can you imagine the fights they had? A real quick story. When I, was, I was in a band with these two brothers, and they were the, it was a guitar player and a bass player, and they were the, the, probably hands down the best musicians I ever played with, but they got into so many arguments. Literally, one time rehearsal, they were in fist fights. You know, it was like, so for Eddie to be with his brother that long, I give him like, like who knows what was going on behind the scenes with him, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's going to be missed, man. He's he's going to be missed. But like I said, not not forgotten. There's some, some great, great, great music that he left us with. Yeah. Uh, my guest has been Wayne from the New Bardos. Make sure to go check him out. Thanks, Turtle. Well, we've come to the conclusion of What the Music, and yet again, uh, I would like to thank Wayne from the New Bardos, a very uh, insightful, very enlightful uh, show um, featuring their music. Uh, the last song that we are going to leave with is Wake Up and Smell the Coffee, and again, for more information, I'll have all the links on entertheshell.com for you to go ahead and check out the new Bardos. <laughs>